our communion meditation is in James. It's only one verse. It's James 4, verse 8. And so I'll read that now. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So this is a very simple phrase, easier said than done, I think. Draw near to God. So we are encouraged by James to draw near to God. When we draw near, we think of something physical. And yet, we know God is a spirit. We just went through that catechism question a few weeks ago. Uh, what is God? God is a spirit. So we know that God is also omnipresent. He's everywhere. So how do you draw near to God when he is everywhere? And so obviously there's something different at work here. There's a different means of drawing near, a different meaning of drawing near. And so let me first, before we go on to answer that question really, let's speak of just what it is that we're doing right now. I'm sharing the communion meditation. And so communion is what this talk is all about. It's about us drawing close to God. What do we mean when we say this is about communion? Well, when you look up the, in the Bible what communion is, or in uh, on an online dictionary, uh, you see two things. The first definition, I'll, uh, I'll switch them around, actually. I don't know if they go by frequency, but I'm going to use the second one first. The service of Christian worship at which bread and wine are consecrated and shared. That's what we're doing now. We're about to partake of that. The service of Christian worship at which bread and wine are consecrated and shared. And in a sense, what I'm sharing now is an aspect of that consecration. We are drawing attention to what it is that we're about to do. So that's the first definition that I'll share. But the second definition, which occurred first in the definitions, was this. Communion. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a spiritual level. So, which communion do we really want the most? Do we want this communion, the bread and the wine? Do we want the intimacy with God that this portends? Many people partake of this, and they do not benefit from it. They're cursed by it because they're unbelievers. Jesus will tell them at the end of this age, depart from me, I never knew you. So this is not the communion that we primarily seek when we come to church. We want intimacy with God. We want to share our intimate thoughts and feelings at a spiritual level. That's exactly what we want with God. So we have this public practice, which is instituted by Christ himself. And yet there is this private communion that we must have with God if we are really, truly to live our Christian faith as God wants us to live it. And so my question to you is, do you practice this private, intimate communion with God? It may occur here, but it will more likely occur in the quietness of your life. Draw near to God. 
and he will draw near to you. That's what James writes. So to have God come near us, we must first come near him. Now, when you read commentators on this, they're quick to point out that God initiates salvation. And yet in this instance, James is not pointing at salvation. He's pointing at communion, at a relationship. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Because in the reading of the gospel that we just read a minute ago, we are told that God is ready to draw near to us. And what we are told is this. Will God ever change his mind about you? Never. Our God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Will God ever forget you? No, I will never forget you. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. So see, we are the ones who drift away from God, and that's why James tells us, draw near. Why are we not already near is the question that you ask yourself. If James is commanding us to draw near, why are we not near now? So the, the truth is that we often drift away. We are drawn away. James gives us the reasons, two reasons, why we tend to drift away from God, and it's right there. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So he gives us two reasons right there why we are not closer to God than we may want to be. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Our actions and our desires. What do you want most in life, and what is it that is typified by what you're doing? with your actions. How do you spend your time, and what is your heart set upon? What are you treasuring? So see, these actions and desires that are not of God, that are sinful in nature, draw us away from Him. Proverbs 18.1 says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Now, that's not a good isolation. That's a bad isolation. Jesus later tells people to isolate themselves, go into your private room, when he's contrasting the prayers of the Pharisees with the prayers that he wants to see from his people. Go into your secret place. There, God will reward you. So see, the person who is isolating himself then, that's not just physical. That's emotionally. And then he rages against those that are attempting to interfere. We know from watching young children, all of us parents know, that our children sometimes disappear. They go off and do bad things. They don't want us to see them. Uh, the other day at work, I saw a headline. We have this business uh, program that's always running on t various TVs at work. But along the bottom, they'll have news scroll by. And so one of the comments on the news thing, one, an article said that dogs, now, we now know that dogs feel no shame. You know, that, you know that look that dogs give sometimes whenever they appear to be ashamed in their cowering? Well, they say that that is more related to the presence of the owner, that if they have a dog who's been bad and who, who has disobeyed the owner, when the owner walks into the room, the dog will respond to the presence of the owner and cower and show that type of thing. But if the owner leaves, he just perks right back up. 
See, that, I mean, the dog knows how to be a hypocrite. We didn't have to teach that dog how to be a hypocrite. It's a hypocrite by its nature. So see, we that love dogs and hate cats, I don't know. There's some duplicity going on, I think, with dogs. <laughs> Whereas my cat this morning, I woke up at, I don't know, 5 a.m. And so I go off and I'm trying to prepare and study. And this cat wants to be with me. And so it jumps up on my lap. And now it's hard for me at my computer to, to pet the cat and you know, do the keyboard thing. And so I give up the keyboard thing and I'm petting the cat and the cat curls up and gets comfy and goes to sleep. Well, now I'm stuck. So I try to take the cat and set it gently on the floor. And it's, you know, it's okay with that for about five minutes. And then it's back up on me again. But see, that cat wants the intimacy of a relationship with me at a time when it's inconvenient for me to indulge in that. And so I have to be the bad guy. But the truth is, is that God is never going to do that with us. God never takes us from his lap and puts us aside. We choose that. We leave his lap. We choose to leave him. So see, when we partake of this, this communion, we eat this bread and drink this wine, we are being obedient to Christ. But this does not satisfy. This is an appetizer. The communion that you seek, that you want with God, you have to seek it yourself. You have to seek it in the privacy of your private room where you can be alone with the Lord. So not all of us do that as diligently as we ought. And so we must. This is not enough. This is just an appetizer. So in the week ahead, I ask you, plan for time alone with God. Plan it. If you don't plan for it, you won't do it. And then follow through on that plan. Set aside the time, set aside the place, and do it. Just do it. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your willingness to always be ready to have us uh, jump up on your lap, so to speak, and spend time with you intimately, to be loved by you, to be uh, treasured by you. And so we uh, ask your uh, uh, forgiveness, Father, for times whenever we have not sought you out, when we instead seek our own things, that we do uh, result in impure hands and unclean thoughts. We pray, Father, to the degree that those separate us from you, that those draw us away from you, we pray that you would deal with them, that you would have us to love and want to love all that you love, and to hate and want to hate all that you hate. Be with us, Lord, in the week ahead. I pray that everyone would devote themselves to a private time with you this week. In Christ's name we pray and give you thanks. Amen.